This is Ray's Rowdy Racing with Caleb Conradi and Dawson Edwards. Morning, beautiful people. Let's go! Come on now with it. I got the right hat on and everything. It's signed by your race winner, Ryan Blaney. Let's go. Hell yes. We go into the championship for (laughs) fuck Kyle Larson. Go to hell. We win in a championship. My favorite part about this, just right off the rip, me and Caleb just tested levels and we get the level right and you're talking normal and then you just fucking scream like a <laughs> idiot right when we start. And then the, it's just redlining everything over here. It's like blowing my eardrums out. Oh, hell yeah. All right. I'll turn me down just a little bit so I can help you out here. There we go. Oh, man. That's hilarious. I'm sorry. I'm a little pumped up. It's a good weekend to be a Blaney fan. We needed this uh, as a people. It's been a good couple few weeks for a Blaney. It really has been, man. It's been the highlight of my life. I mean, we've going through all this house fire nonsense and it just being exhausting as hell. The one bright spot is every Sunday I have a chance to win again. And that's just nice. I mean, even as a Blaney fan, you haven't seen that in months. So let's go. Two years. Yeah, since that three-win season. It's been two years since he's been regularly up front and here we are having a great damn season and this season he he didn't run great all year till the end and then now he's top five every week if you're gonna peak peak when it counts i agree with that something denny hamlin could stand to learn oh denny hamlin man man. he's just uh, the i've said it this exact thing on this podcast before but he just doesn't he just doesn't come through in big moments Denny? He's like the the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I mean, I will say it's a hard sport. It just never, you're never going to change that. It is a very difficult sport. Man, when you've had how many years? Like, what, 16, 17 years going at it? It's like, damn, how much longer? How much longer can you keep going without getting one? I mean, if you're going to run up front all the time, I feel like you're bound to get one eventually, but. That's the tough part about this playoff format. You can be you can be a damn good race car driver, and uh, I'll finish it. But uh, That's, anyway, it cracks me up though because Denny talks about this whole championship thing like it's a new thing, and uh, I kind of saw a post yesterday talking about this. It's like this isn't new anymore, man. This is this is Na- this is NASCAR now. Like we're ten years into this. Denny only raced the other one from like six. Only like six years, he only raced in the other championship format. And the only format he's ever been in was the chase, which in my opinion was the best one. The top ten drivers for ten weeks just go at it. But still, this whole final four thing has been going on for ten years now. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. This is new NASCAR. So, just I mean, I don't, it's either adapt and get over it or, or you know, or you're just going to be a sad, stuck-in-the-past human. Yeah, it's tough, man. I mean, you just got to, yeah, you're right. You got to accept the reality the way that it is. He's made it to the final four before, too. So it's not like he's unfamiliar with the playoff format. He's obviously exceeded at it. It's just tough when you come down to one race. I mean, anything could happen. It's it's great for your underdog. It just sucks for your uh, for your overdogs that come in with the mentality of I've had the best season and I could lose it right here. And it's like, well. Welcome to it. This just is it just is what it is. This is the playoff format that you have and until it changes, you can't keep complaining about it. Yeah. And he But I'm here for it. The now. uh my favorite thing to look at is those Winston Cup points is he's uh Byron passed him I think last week and he last stayed last week when yeah, he blew minus, out the yes. Minus, he's three points behind Byron right now. I know that doesn't matter, but it's still fun to look at. It doesn't matter, but yeah, it just gives you it gives you an idea that if we were working off of an actual point system, which granted, it's as soon as the regular season ends, it's an invalid point. I mean, everybody's racing differently than they would have. Your finishes are different oh, yeah. based off of going for points and going for uh, wins like they are now. Yeah, but it doesn't make it any less fun to watch it because you can just sit there and watch and know. Man, it would be a lot of fun. Like sometimes you're gonna have that Max Verstappen wins at six races before the end of the season, and we're just really racing for second. 
thing go on, or you could have it go all the way down to the last race and it's super close and technically four guys could get it. Like it was 1990, what was that, 1992, Three. 1993, Two, three, all over again? There, yeah. That's the thing. Like you could go either way. And, you know, there were years where it was like the person would win the championship. I mean, it happened in, It happened enough when I was a kid. I remember guys getting the championship, you know, a couple weeks before it ever even happened. Or, like, you go into the last race and all you got to do is start your car. Like, if you start the race, you know, you're good. And, yeah. and then, you know, now I've, I've seen it too. You know, I – there's been the year, and then the only time this has ever happened, but like when the chase started, you had the year that did, uh, Tony Stewart and Carl Edwards tied for the points, and the tiebreaker goes to Tony because he won the race. But like, it doesn't get any closer than that. And then yeah. you've had times where even with the reset 10 races back in the day, you know, from 20 or 2004 to 2014, uh, when Jimmy Johnson would to still destroy everybody and win six of the last 10 races. And he would win it by hundred points, you know, at the end, it doesn't matter if they reset them or not. Yeah. Oh, it just, it, no matter what, it's fun in a certain way. This gives you the anxiety of every race matters. And those every three races is a major turning point where your driver could be eliminated or move forward. And it could, this could make or break your entire season, how this one race plays out. Yeah. So it's a lot, it has its own things that are fun. And I, I have come to, it's come to grow on me a little bit. I think I'd still like to see the point situation be the, the way it goes. Cause it just changes up that you can have a bad race at a bad time and it still sucks, but it's at least not going to tank your whole season. I mean, Denny Hamlin doesn't break that steering and turn two at Homestead last week and he's in your final four. Yeah. So that's just, it sucks to see that one thing happened. But then again, if you go back to the points, you could probably do the same thing. But no matter what, it's just, you got to take it for what it is. You got to race it the way that it's set up and you can't complain about it. And you just got to go out there and succeed. So, yeah, it blows. Or like for me as a driver, if I lost by, you know, he, he's out by like six points or whatever, I would go back to homestead obviously that's six points out the door i would go back mm-hmm. to the coke 600 when chase you know right hooks him in the wall that race out the door finished dead last you know so you could literally just take those races and him finish six spots in front of where he's at and he's in you know what i mean like that's the yep craziest thing to me is it literally came down to six positions on the track at some point during the season and that's what i would I would replay those things in my mind all the time, just thinking about, man, I could have got six spots here or, you know, there. It's like kind of when Denny pulls that move and puts Ross in the wall super early in the year this year. It's like, man, if he wouldn't, if he would have just finished where he was and not finished 25th, you know, fucking with him, he'd be in, you know? So uh, I, I would just think about stuff like that that happened all throughout the season. Yeah, it's a lot to. Lot to digest if you're a Hamlin, Truex, Reddick, or Busher fan. Also, uh, didn't he have like a 25 point penalty too when he did that? It did that stuff. So probably, but <laughs> that I mean, luckily those positions don't necessarily carry forward into the playoffs since they have the reset of the points and all that. But uh, I mean, sta- there's a possibility that you would have been awarded stage points, yeah. or, uh, playoff points playoff here points. and there from succeeding in a winning a stage or winning a race that you were knocking yourself out of. I mean, I was thinking about it earlier uh, before we got started today. I, if I was Hamlin, I'd be so heartbroken over the fact that there was so many times this year he's been running up front and he's always running second or third. It's like they bring the second or third fastest car to the racetrack every week. And every now and then they give it just enough to bounce it up into that first position. But how many times did he run – Second or third to William Byron and Kyle, and Kyle Larson. Larson earlier this year at like at the uh, beginning Las Vegas. of this at the, yeah at the beginning and, of this year Phoenix included where we're going mm-hmm. Phoenix included because Byron won that earlier this year and I think Larson finished second. But like even yesterday, like you had at Martinsville, they ran great, and then the twenty four, you know, he looked terrible yesterday. So I saw a tweet that's like he's driving yeah. them Pods moving truck. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> that's hilarious. But like obviously you can miss it. But like those guys earlier this year, the twenty four, the five, and the eleven were the three best. You know, that's that's yeah. another reason we all was like, 
well, they're a lock for the four. And then you go through the year, and then the 19 comes on and just has the hottest summer ever where his average finish was probably fifth, you know, yeah. for, for a stretch of the whole summer. I mean, there was a good chunk. I'd say 10 to 15 races, you know. And then he comes in, and uh, I saw yesterday his last eight, uh, nine races with all together, 17.8 was his average finish. So, like, that just ain't going to get the job done. That's that's no. bad. But, uh, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, that's how they were saying yesterday the the cars are running, like, 1.4 second different laps from first to dead last. It's like, oh, my God. these that It doesn't get any more closer than that, you know. So, like, him bringing the third best car – it's just is it talent is the driver is it whatever it may be it's just it's right there it's right there but it's just not over the top you know it's not enough to get him over the hill yeah i think he's got everything he needs to win a championship it's just it all comes down to luck and execution both of those things are related but completely separate from each other and only one do you have control of and that's just part of the that's just part of the game you play whenever you're racing at this high of a level. Execution's going to get you pretty damn far, but luck's going to be that extra little bit that you need to bounce back from it. And right there, what what Denny really needed was Willie B to have a problem or Blaney to have a problem. And unfortunately, the luck just happened to fall on Blaney's end, and Willie B just happened to be just good enough to edge his way through. I mean. Yeah, he was just, I mean, like they said, he had to finish 18th, and that's what he did. He finished 18th. Yep. I heard, I just was watching, uh, I uh, didn't get a chance to watch any of the race yesterday for everybody listening. I had to watch it this morning. We ended up going to the mall and buying outfits to go take engagement pictures yesterday. So uh, we were busy all day long. So I got up early this morning when Allison left the house and just turned on the race and watched it all the way from start to finish. And so it's all fresh on my mind, and just listening to Rudy Fugel holler, and Willie B. Holler at the, him, dude. Just fucking yeah. give him all. He was coaching him like he was coaching him, but you could tell. Uh, it was desperate. Ru- Rudy was was like fired up. He had the anxiety. He was like, I mean, he was hollering. What he was, he was. And like, it was, it was stage hilarious. one. Stage one, he's already hollering. Yeah, and at him. I he's know. screaming at him, man. We, I know it sucks. I know it sucks. We're gonna get through this. All I need you to do is just fight for me to stay on the lead lap. Just hold your position right here. Try to go get some points if you can. Doesn't get the points. All right, we got to do something with the setup. Yeah. They do something with the setup, and Byron's like, "Man, thank God you gave me something I can yeah. work with." The powerful change. Like, God dang, I can't imagine the level of anxiety you come in there knowing that you're the one that stands to lose everything and the guys you need to beat are running one, two, and three right now on the racetrack. Oh, man, that's, that's just up. a lot. It cracked me up because, like, I know I know what Rudy sounds like. I know what his voice sounds like, but he was hollering in such a tone. When it first when the race first started, like you said at the beginning, they're playing the audio, and I was like, who is that? Like, I didn't know who that was. I couldn't tell who it was. I was like, that's got to be Rudy, but it, he, it didn't sound like him because he was so fired up and shit. I yeah. was like, holy shit, he's feeling God, it. I can't imagine the level of stress on that pit box. The whole thing was probably shaking because his leg was bouncing the whole time. Just, and then God he's going to be God doing it, the same damn it. thing next week. Oh, yeah. God, it's going to be a great race next week. I really think it is. Um, I hope so. It's just, I don't know what tire they're bringing but, or what they're doing for Phoenix, but Phoenix hasn't been known, even in other the other car, hasn't just been known for great great races. Like, When I say great hasn't. race, I'm just excited because this is my first time and obviously Blaney's first time ever making it in the Final Four. And that and makes this it is, way more fun, obviously. This you is got something to fight I'm, for. I'm very excited for it. I know you've experienced it with when you were a Chase Elliott was your biggest guy, and then Larson comes in and he gets it too. Uh, you've seen this happen a couple times. I have. This is my first time in all of professional sports that I've ever had the team that I root for make it to the final anything. Technically, yeah. the Rangers made it to the series twice when I was younger, but I am not a baseball guy. I and they're watch there right more, now. <laughs> and they're there right now. So it's a good it's a good month for me. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just not the biggest baseball fan in the world. I haven't watched anything but Braves games all year when you were watching them. So yeah, I was this about is, to say, we uh, watched a lot of baseball this year. We did not the Rangers. <laughs> we watched a lot of baseball. Don't get me wrong, I like it, but I'm just not into it the same way. Uh, yeah. 
So Betty. to see Blaney go into the final four is just really cool. It's an experience I've never had. I cannot wait for Sunday to come around. Yeah. I do not want to go on this run that we're about to have <laughs> with Travis. I just want to stay home, get absolutely plastered, watch every single one of these championship races and build up my excitement for the final four to come on Sunday. Yeah, I just hope some crazy shit happens, really. Me and you both. As I long was, as it doesn't happen to the 12 or the 5, man, because we got to duke it out to the end. I was uh, texting Bud. He texted me yesterday. He was drinking beer, playing pool, and watching a race in a bar. And uh, I, we were, you know, all excited and whatnot. And I was like, hell, we get to watch the trucks and bush race on the bus. Like, we, we'll get to all watch that together. And he's like, hell, yeah, it'll be cool. And I was like, hell, yeah. It is going to be a lot of fun. Because I, I can't remember what we did last year for the championship race for uh, – the first two, the trucks and the Xfinity. I feel like we were working again for those two. Yeah, I'm sure we were working wherever uh, it was. I don't, I don't think we were off. Um, we ended up having the party at our house for the championship, though. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, Kayla, you've done that a bunch. I have. I try to do it every single year. I think this is going to be the first year in what, like three, four years that I'm probably not going to be able to host anything because yeah. of obviously the situation we're going through. I'm disappointed. We always have a good time. You can tell everybody to, about uh, the coming in and the clipboard and doing the final four. Oh, yeah. Always. And back we, uh, when you were at Toots, you went all out. I mean, Caleb probably spent the year I won it. So the year Chase won the title. 2020. I picked, Caleb would do a thing where you pick the final order of the finishing four, like the top end points, how they, how they roll. Yeah, you just break it down every different way that they could finish. <clears throat> and the, the first uh, the first people to show up get to pick their yeah. finishing order. And so everybody would, as they walk in the door, I'd be like, pick a finishing order. And everybody would sign their name below one. Yeah. And I, I put together this big pack of nonsense for everybody we probably had what like 15 20 people over at your place yeah then it was I mean, something it was a ton of guys and yeah i had uh like a blaney diecast hauler a couple diecast cars a cu- it was a couple uh, haulers a couple cars it was like a couple haulers couple and cars a and then like tequila a, and a bottle of jack daniels yeah and, and was that like, was the prize for winning if you uh picked the correct finishing order i mean I gave well that over a hundred dollars worth of oh stuff. yeah it was awesome. Everybody was super pumped about it. Everybody was watching and going crazy. It was a ton of fun. We cooked a shitload of food. and So it, it's been a tradition to do that. That And it's just always been something we try to do every time. And if it wasn't for this house fire, I'd definitely be having it again, just trying to get everybody to come down and watch the final race of the season. Because even if you're not a NASCAR fan, you can come in and watch a championship race and have a good, have a good time of it. Yeah. And I try to give you someone to cheer for. <laughs> uh, but I can't remember what we did last year. We lived together last year, didn't we? Yeah, we had everybody over. We did the same thing, had everybody over. I don't think I had very much of a prize pack going on. We just had a lot of people come. Liam brought his uh, Oculus. Yes, uh, I remember. We played it out. Yep, VR thing. It we were playing that. And uh, we just had a good few people come down. And we all hung out, cooked a bunch of food, and drank a bunch of beer again. And I remember had a great time. Uh, it was the last championship Kyle Busch won. Caleb was living in Murfreesboro. I only remember this because it pops up in my memories every single year. But we were down in Murfreesboro. Same deal. A bunch of people came. We did the same thing. Picked the winners and all this. And uh, we had bought a ton of beer. We cooked a ton of food. And I had this post. I was like, dude, we bought, we drank all this beer and ate all this food to watch Kyle Busch dominate this race. I was like, this yeah. sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and I posted Back when Homestead was a boring racetrack. I posted nobody that, yeah. could pass there. I, I posted that and it pops up every every year. Wow. I don't remember. That's probably twenty eight, eighteen. That was probably eighteen when he won that second title because it was yeah. Truex and then it was Kyle Busch, Logano, Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson, Logano, and this year's going to be Blaney. I'm just calling it right now. Uh, Larson, <laughs> Lar, Lar, twenty one. I don't remember what we did in twenty one either. That was cool. Twenty one was the year that you had the Braves won the World Series, the Dogs won the national title, mm-hmm. and Larson comes in and wins the title. So it was a uh, for me. That was like that's as good as it gets. I actually have the tattoo that I'm like drawn up. I've had it forever, but I want. I still want to get that on my thigh of like all three of those like winning it in twenty twenty one champions. Yeah, but, uh, I don't know. It's, awesome. just, it's a cool. It's a cool thing. It, it does give it that game seven. Uh, 
feeling, you know, and it it does make it exciting, but it's also nerve wracking because I said this while I go and I texted you, but it's like at Phoenix the race is three hundred and twelve laps, and which is if, nothing, nothing, one of the shortest races of the year. And if one thing goes wrong, you know, one single thing, you speed on pit road. The jack, something as simple as a jack falling, like happened to Truex yesterday. You do that, and your race is over. Yeah. I mean, your championship is thrown out the window pretty much immediately. Yeah. It really is. I mean, the only good part about it is that all the all the non-playoff guys, it's, I don't know what, it, what they say in the driver's meeting every year at Phoenix, but they must say it with a lot of emphasis because all of those guys will race the final four with so much respect, it's almost laughable if you can't finish top four. If you're a if you're a playoff, if you're one of the top four, and you do not finish even in the top ten, much less the top five. I mean, if you can't manage to get a good position out of that race with everyone racing you the way that they do the final four, it's embarrassing. Or you just got a slow car, or you just missed the setup, or something happened. Because yeah. It's it is crazy. So at least you don't have to worry as much about those other guys. But I also man, I, this I'll is tell my, you what it's 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 all set up for you. All you got to do is go out there and execute, and then just be the fastest of four. Man, it's I, it is nerve wracking. This is my own idea about this too. But I don't think I'd be willing to put money down on this. I don't think NASCAR texts those cars the same way they tech them all year long. And I do not think they would let a champion do all of that stuff and then disqualify them after the race. Guarantee so I it. think the reason they are so fast is because they let they all those cars are cheated up way more than they are all year. Oh, 100%. And those four are just they – do, they do race them easier for sure. They let them go by because you don't want to be the guy that messes up a, a championship guy's – uh, race at the playoffs like yeah. you would just you'd probably be hated by the fan base probably and you so, don't want to fight a pit crew member i promise that yeah i promise you that and they so, will come down on you uh and I th so between those two things yeah they pretty much just run you know up front those four run up front and then last year i think is one of the only times i can remember one of the final four guys wrecking because Chase and Chastain got into it, you know, on that restart, and he sent him down mm -hmm. the inside wall, and it wrecked him. But other than that, okay, now I'm talking about Phoenix. Homestead, I remember Rex. I do remember Rex. Yeah, obviously, absolutely. At, at Carl Edwards and all that. But this is new NASCAR, so we don't we don't think about Homestead anymore. We just think about Phoenix. I don't remember a Final Four guy wrecking at Phoenix ever, except Chastain wrecking Elliott last year. So, Which yeah, it pretty much comes down there, to the – I mean, just like they say, the winner of the race is going to be a guy in the Final Four. It's never not happened. So, yeah. we're, we're 10 years in. It's never not happened. So, it, it's there's a good chance the winner is going to win the race and the title. Yeah. I was even telling you that right as we were starting this podcast of when we got down to the betting tips, and I'm just going to go ahead and drop that little nugget right here. If you're betting on this race – and you bet anyone that's not a top four, a final four driver to win it, you are throwing money into a fireplace. No reason Unless you, you ever... put money on the four car and they let him cheat his car up too since he's the Phoenix King and they let him win his last race. I wouldn't even want to complicate it that much. I would say just put <laughs> put money on your final four. That's all you got to do. Put, one, put something gonna... on one of those guys and you have a 25% chance of winning that bet. I'm going to make it even more simple and just say put money on your favorite and go from there. Yeah, for real. I mean, we were – so looking a little bit forward to Phoenix, we'll get back to Martinsville. I mean, we're already on it, and it's championship we week. We haven't so spoke about Martinsville once, I don't think. We'll get back to it at some point and talk about it. But, I mean, obviously we got the championship coming up, so that's what everybody's excited about. That's what everybody's talking about. Uh, we were just looking up finishing stats for the four drivers and trying to kind of figure out who our favorites are. And without any doubt in my mind, your two favorites, and it's just hilarious that it's between me and you, are Kyle Larson and Ryan Blaney. Blaney's finished runner-up the last two races. He hasn't finished, you said, outside the top ten and nine, nine, nine Phoenix races, yeah. races. Not even all talking about championship races. Just any time we're at Phoenix, he is damn good there. Out of ten yeah. races, he's finished in the top ten eight no nine times and larson out of 10 races finished top 10 eight times yeah 
And that difference, I guarantee you, is not for anything Kyle Larson did. It was that one race, I think it was like a 26th place finish or something like that, that he had coming. 34th, there it is. Yeah. Um, for the spring race in 2022, uh, definitely an issue happened there. Uh, engine expired. So out of all the races he's had the last 10, the only one time that he hasn't finished top 10 was because the car gave out. So that tells you everything you need to know about Larson's chances there. And then if you look at William Byron at, um, at Phoenix, he's a little bit more wishy-washy, a lot of finishes in the top 10. Uh, and he's, he's had some success there. No wins at all. Um, but if you're looking at just sheer consistency, he just doesn't quite match up with Blaney or Larson as few as his last few finishes. Uh, I'd said that wrong. He did have that win earlier in the, in the spring. Yeah. He won this year. Um, his finishes before that sixth place, 18th, 17th, 8th, 9th, 10th, 17th, and so on. He's a 50-50 to hit your top 10 outside of the one win that he's had. So dangerous for the fact that he knows how to win there, but not so dangerous for the fact that he could also go out there and just finish barely in the top 20. The the only thing I give uh, the 24 a nod to is this year he has been a different 24. It's not the same 24 that's been we we've never seen this William Byron before ever, you know, like I'll give you that. I'll give you he's that. He's won what five races, I think. So six. Six races. So I mean, yeah, which he's is had, an unbelievable season in this yeah, in this next gen era of NASCAR. He's had I mean I don't know that stat, so I'm not going to say it, but he's had uh an incredible year, so I give I give a nod to him because of that. I could I at the twenty four at the twenty four one at Phoenix. I don't I can't say I'd be surprised because one it's already happened into the year they're, they've had. I would be surprised if Bell won. I would be surprised if he won. I I didn't have Bell even in here. I mean, like I said, Bell gets hot at the right times, but even last year he didn't look great at, at Phoenix. So. We'll see. Yeah, but I don't. His, like, uh, he, his previous, uh, he, his uh, last seven finishes: sixth, tenth, twenty sixth, ninth, ninth, seventeenth, twenty fourth. No top fives. Only three, four top tens, and three races that were just terrible. Honestly, I mean, for Joe Gibbs equipment. But he, he's a guy that I don't think's really ever been consistent. Like. Bell's yeah. ran some races and won some races where he like dominated, you know, in the car, like everything went right and he just killed it. You know what I mean? And then he has some races where he literally goes out and runs 24th and that's like just where they run all day. You don't, they don't even talk about him, you know? Yeah. So he's kind of been that way in his whole cup career. Now, obviously he in really trucks has. and Xfinity, that kid won every single weekend, but in cup he's been very it's been very all in or all not in it just depends on the weekend yeah and you can use the excuse of well cup series is hard and i mean it's on one hand yes cup series is hard and it's tough to be consistent (laughs) but i just don't understand i i I want to know what goes on in the 20 garage from the moment that the playoffs start to get him to the final four how many years in a row is this? Two years two. in a row? Yeah, he's the only driver. Granted, it's only ha- only two years into this, but in the next gen, he's the only guy that's made it both times. Yeah, and he probably, I mean, I would love to see a stat put up if somebody could ever really go through and figure this out. The number of minutes of airtime each individual driver <laughs> has by the end of the year, I guarantee you Christopher Bell is in the top four uh these last two years, but probably has the least amount of airtime out of all of the playoff drivers, including the ones that are down in the 16th to 14th positions because they get talked about a ton when the bubble comes around for cutoffs. I bet you Christopher Bell doesn't even get into the top 10 of airtime for drivers because nobody, he just never gets talked about. He doesn't make waves. He doesn't drive up front consistently. Yeah. And the one times that he does drive up front consistently, it's such a blowout that it's not interesting to talk about the leaders. So they talk about everybody else going on. Yeah. It's just a strange situation to be Christopher Bell in Joe Gibbs equipment, somehow making it to the final four, beating out teammates of Denny Hamlin and Martin Truex to get there. 
it just blows my mind every year that he's that he gets all the way as as far as he does. There is one hundred percent. I know we said this last week. There's one hundred percent something about the way the playoffs are laid out and the way that racetracks fall into his wheelhouse. And yeah. that's just that is it's true. That is it. They that is a that is that is for sure a fact. Like the tracks are just his type of tracks, you know, like drivers have their tracks and his tracks happen to be laid out perfectly where there's one or two in each round, you know? And yep. like you know, like a guy like Larson, it's it's happened to him multiple times before. But him trying to get to that round with Talladega and stuff, it's it's damn near impossible. And then, like we've said, every time he's done that, he makes it till on to yeah. the, on to the on to the end. But like sometimes you get three tracks in a row that just aren't a don't don't thin in the wheelhouse. I know we talked about that really hardcore at the beginning of the playoffs, like Michael McDowell, Busher, and all them. Like it just that like 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 I said that that round doesn't fit Larson's and then this round doesn't fit this person or you know whatever it just seems yeah. that Bell's fit and that he it has does. a couple through each spot that fit he has it, it's possible to make it through like you said with one racetrack being your bad racetrack in every round as long as you can be mediocre as long as you can be about 16th to 10th there yeah you'll point your way through for the, the rest of them and yeah. Or you go out and you win the second race of the second race of the round, and you don't even have to worry about that last one like yeah. you did last week at, at Homestead. I mean, just find your moment and know know which tracks to circle and know which tracks need the extra little bit of help, but you're not necessarily looking for a win. Yeah, it's just it's uh, Christopher Bell is just the most disappointing Final Four member. I if you're a Christopher Bell fan, I'm not going to apologize. I don't have any love for the man he's he just i don't get it i don't get how he ends up here every time and i guarantee you he's not gonna win. i can say this with 75 percent chance of being right so it kind of leans in my favor but i can guarantee you he's not gonna win this championship and even if he did that'd be i wouldn't i'd be so disappointed in that because what a boring championship <laughs> to be honest at least whenever logano won it with a mediocre season he's logano but yeah. when Bell goes out and does it, it's like, man, a mediocre season and a mediocre driver gets the championship, and he can hate me all he wants. But it just feels that way about him. He just doesn't make the headlines. And so yeah, he, I'm cheering for anyone but C. Bell. He's, he's one of those guys that they you like. They don't boo or cheer when he gets introduced. You know, like you don't really see anybody at the racetrack with a twenty shirt on that doesn't say Tony Stewart. Clap. Yeah, uh, <laughs> doesn't say Tony Stewart. Big shoes to fill there. So yeah, I mean it's just that's just what Bell I don't know. He's that's just where he's fallen into in his career. Yeah. But uh but then you go out they just on that note for a second, they talk about, you know, Busher. You never saw anybody with a Busher shirt on until this year. He goes out and wins three races and five weekends and everybody you go to the damn racetrack. We we specifically we go to Talladega and there's more RFK and Busher and Keselowski Keselowski stuff there. Than I've seen in ten years at the racetrack. So oh, yeah, you win a couple races, and that'll change. And I know Bell's won a couple races, but I don't know. Just something about it, I guess. I don't know. He just people people don't really people aren't attached. I guess. Yeah. I, Bell used reason? to have the Bell used to have the dirt track racing community behind him one hundred percent, and then just the way Larson does. But then him and well, Larson got into it. it. <laughs> yeah, when they got into it so many times, and it's kind of known, they respect each other, but they're not big fans of each other. They're yeah. definitely not, like, drinking beer on the weekends. And uh, so you got that, and then your team owner pretty much says publicly, fuck dirt track racing. People people did not take well to that. So that was yeah. another thing that hurt him pretty bad, you know? Yeah, it's it's hard to win fans when you're alienating your core fan base. It's like, I don't know, maybe NASCAR? <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like learn a little bit of a lesson man you cannot alienate the people that got you there in an effort to win over the people that didn't it's just never gonna work that way yeah but uh so here's a fun question for you if you look at all of the final four going into phoenix i want to hear your biggest reason why you think each of them will win it and your biggest reason why each of them won't win it 
including Kyle Larson. So starting out with, uh, let's start out with Christopher Bell. Why will he win this race, and why won't he win this race? Uh, why he will? I don't. I have a hard time. I'm with you. I don't think Bell wins this race. Uh, but I could see them. You know, him saying them just being that team that was like, "Fuck last week." Let's put everything we got into this Phoenix car. Let's work on Phoenix. Let's do this. You know, I'd be surprised if that's all they're doing. So I could see him winning because of that. And I could see him not winning because I don't think he'll win. I think he'll get outrun by the other three. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you on that. I think Christopher Bell, if he wins this race, it's because he does like he always does. And he goes out there and dominates it. So if he goes out and qualifies in the front row, let's just say at least front row or second row, if he goes out there and qualifies like that and can manage to stay up front all day long, I think he I think he can go out there and do it. But that is only if they put the car underneath him, just if, like you said. If I'm Bell, I don't want to I don't want to get the pole because that means I'm gonna finish about seventeenth statistically. Yes, that's also a good point. <laughs> but I think you're very right. If he wins it's because the crew chief I hate to say this because I know drivers probably hate to hear this, but if he wins it's because the crew chief and if he loses it's because of the driver. Yeah. That's the way I look at it. I mean, the possibility of something going wrong with a car is still there for him to lose it, but I think he is statistically not good enough at Phoenix to outrun the other four or the other three. Yeah. Especially with the stats that that alone Blaney and Larson have. Yeah. Uh Willie B the reason I could see him winning it is because what I just said a while ago, they're having the best year they have had ever, and he won here just, you know, 10 months ago. And the reason I could not is because he's going up against Larson and Blaney, who are statistically possibly the two best other than Kevin Harvick at Phoenix. As of, right, yeah. as of late, their stats blow Harvick's out of the water. Obviously, I know Harvick has like 12 wins at Phoenix over the last 20 years, which yeah. is incredible, but. It is. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, it, it, the 24 wins it off Mojo alone, which is so funny to say about Willie B because also the reason I'm going to say he doesn't win it is because he doesn't have the championship Mojo to me. He doesn't, he's, he's a good guy, great race car driver, has really proved himself this year. But if you get him down into a position of having a beat and bang for the win, I think if you put him and Kyle Larson in a cage match of trying to outrun each other on a late race restart that's almost guaranteed to happen at Phoenix, you're just going to see the five punt the 24 out of the way and the 24 trying to be too respectful. I think they win it off Mojo or lose it out of politeness <laughs> in, a, yeah. in a kind of a way. Um Moving up to uh, Kyle Larson. Why does he win it? Why does he lose it? Uh, he wins it because he's the most talented driver in the field. Uh, he loses Damn, it Damn, what an apologist. What a Kyle he, Larson apologist we got on our He loses <laughs> because he, he loses races on his own from his own doing more than any other driver possibly ever. Literally, Kyle Larson... This is the win and lose statement. Yeah. Checkers or wreckers. He's either going to win it or he's going to lose it in dramatic fashion. Yeah, dude. He has as many. He has tied Kevin Harvick for DNFs, except Kevin Harvick has like 700 more starts than Kyle Larson has. Yeah. That just happened. <laughs> that just happened after last week with that tire barrel thing. Oh. Damn. I've heard a lot of people talk about this this week specifically, obviously from what happened at Homestead, and I just do agree with it. The dude – I mean, he he is so talented that he puts his car in places that he thinks he could. He thinks he can do whatever with that car, which I, I would much rather have a driver that's boss of the walls and and confident than not. Yeah. But he puts his car in situations that sometimes he that that, that the car can't handle. You know that he that, mm -hmm. that gets out from under him and you know does this does that. He gives. And it's 100% coming from a dirt track racing guy who who's typically only racing 50 laps, you know, a race. There's no just, like, getting through it in dirt racing. You are balls to the walls from the drop of the flag. So that's the way Larson runs all the time. He's ran that way since he was uh, forever. With Ganassi, he's the same way. Um, 
the first thing he said when he won at Homestead in that Vaveline car last year, when we we were in Charlotte actually, me and you were. I don't know. I don't know why I remember this, but uh, we were at that Bojangles Arena. Yeah, and me and you were watching the race. He gets out of the car and he was like, "Finally, we have a car tough enough that I can win at Homestead." Because he, what he's saying by that was he he is like the I think maybe the all time leader at. Uh, homestead laps led but he gets in the wall and those cars the sheet metal and the other cars would cut a tire mess something mm-hmm. up he couldn't do it he couldn't run off the wall obviously we've seen these cars you can hit them head on in a pack of barrels and they don't even look like you hit anything yeah so he can he can lean on the car up against the wall and do his thing you know and i mean he he's that's that quote is to a t who kyle larson is it is. So, the same reason he wins the race is the same reason he loses the race. Yeah. Because he's gonna race as hard as physically possible. Yeah. And that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. If you put the five and the twenty four, honestly, a lot of times the five and anyone, I mean, you've seen it with Kyle Bush, you've seen it with all sorts of different drivers across the years. You put Kyle Larson up against somebody for the win and Kyle's gonna do everything he can to get that win. The one thing I will say, though, is he is a respectful race car driver. He is yeah. not going to absolutely obliterate you and right hook you in the wall. exactly what but I was about to say. he will lean on you as hard as he yes. possibly can without will, wrecking you. He will put you in a bad spot. I, I mm-hmm. saw there's an old, NAS, or old dirt track driver uh, here in Rome. His name's David Beam. He used to say, he's like, I'll wreck you and make you think you wrecked yourself. And that <laughs> that is in a way, that is not like I put the bumper to you and put you in the wall. That is, I gave you a half lane less coming out of turn two, or I put your car in a spot going into the corner that I knew you couldn't handle, you know, stuff like that. And that is, that is Larson's way of bumping and banging. And like what you said about him and him and the 24, like he's not just going to go in there and punt the 24 up the track. He will Mm -hmm. go in there on the inside of the 24 and use eight tires instead of four tires. He will. And it'll be up to the 24 to figure out what to do about that. And if you get too angry, he's too fast for you to come back and do anything back to him. Yeah. So great way to put it. He, he wins it or loses it off of his own accord. Yep. I agree with you. As long as Cliff Daniels gives him a good race car and let's be honest, I haven't seen him really give him a terrible race car <laughs> yeah, except for maybe once or twice a year. I mean, he'll give him a bad car once or twice a year tops. Some guys they'll get a bad race car about 25% of the time. So moving even things like though at Wilkesboro, just one last thing with Larson and Cliff Daniels. Like yeah. he comes out there and there's only like he's running dead last with the car's running, <laughs> the car's terrible, and they go in the pits and they like we talked about rub some magic magic dust on it, whatever. He waves the and, magic wand like DW said. Yeah, and then he comes back out, dude, and he waxes the field. Like, I don't know. He they can they can fix it. They can figure it out. They you know, can. it's just it's such a short track and a short race. You know, it's the that's uh that's interesting, but and it plays into Kyle's wheelhouse, like you said. They he's yeah. used to running these short sprint races, so this, this everything stacks up in his favor. His stats, if he, yeah, if he the qualifies the race, good and all that, and his success, lead, yeah, he'll be he'll be all right. Just like I told you uh, at Homestead, Larson's got to beat Larson. Mm-hmm. That's, so that's yeah. kind of what the other three are banking on. That's exactly right. Um, and then moving on for our last one, Blaney, why does he win it and why does he lose it? Uh, Blaney, uh, statistically, over the last five, six years, I guess, probably has the best stats at Phoenix. So, not that he's won, but, I mean, he's running t- basically top five you yeah. know, every and race. runner-up finishes to the champion. <clears throat> yeah, so uh, that's why he wins because, obviously – this is perfect. I mean, Phoenix fits his wheelhouse. I mean, Phoenix is what, apparently, that's his track. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, that and just seeing Blaney win yesterday gives me confidence for Blaney. You know, like, it's, he, I mean, even though he did, he ran incredible at the 600, don't get me wrong, but he was lights out yesterday. I mean, mm-hmm. lights out. Like, he didn't fuck up. Uh, he had the eleven giving him the bumper. He's brake checking. They're, I mean, he had every. He had a plenty of reasons he could have wrecked yesterday. And you know, him and Reddit get into it. Like he could have. He could have messed up and not won that race yesterday. But they were lights out. I mean, him. The you know the car, the driver, everything. So I, that's why. 
that's why he can win Phoenix. Um, I agree. The reason he doesn't win Phoenix is because they just as a whole. Now, I mean, we're they're here as of recent, the last five weeks, they've been awesome. But as a whole, he's had a very up and down year. It hasn't been incredible. You know, we got people calling in the DBC talking about they're wanting to drown themselves in a hot tub. That's how bad the Blaney fans were this year. So that would be why he doesn't. I mean, what if they, they he come out and they have a just dog shit car and he qualifies 17th, you know, and runs their all race, you know. So that's my reasoning for Blaney, why he does and why he doesn't. Yeah, I'm – very similar, but just in different words. I think he wins it because he got hot at the right time. And I think he loses it because he had to get hot. I mean, that's the thing. You have to you have to take the rest of the season into account. Did they find something? What did they find? Why did the other Penske drivers not get that same benefit? Yeah. And so is it something that his team found? Is it information that he was shared by someone else at Ford that didn't go to is the it, rest of Penske? Is it in that is shock? It something, is it in that shock? It, it could be a thousand different things. But the thing is, if, if you look at the rest of the season, he loses it because he drives a Penske Ford. Yeah. And he wins it because he's just hot at the right time. And that's the <clears throat> that's the tough part. How long is this momentum how long does it last? Does it have one more race in it? Does this hot streak he's on have one final race? Do I have to spend another $150, $60 on a championship diecast next week? All hinges on how good does that race car show up to the track. I think this is definitely – this is where the crew chief and the engineers and the race team is going to have to take everything that they've learned over these last eight weeks and – throw all of it into that car so i'm with you he wins it because he's been because he's suddenly there and his consistency has gone up i mean you're very right i've seen so many races where blaney runs up front and loses it within the last 50 60 laps trying too hard or getting nervous or doing something it just it all seems to fall apart right there at the end bad pit stops different things have always come and made him fall short of the moment in an individual race. Oh yeah. Has he, has he matured enough that when a championship is on the line, not just the win of the race, but a championship is on the line, has he matured to the point where he can overcome that? We're going to find out in about six more days. So I'm with you. It's definitely going to be, it's real fun to look at all these different drivers and see the, the strengths and the weaknesses that they bring to the table. And you couldn't talk about four more different drivers coming up through here. The only thing you're missing is somebody like a Kyle Busch with that badass attitude that walks in there ready to fuck everybody up. Yeah. But I mean, you've got a great, you've got a great set of drivers here to that, pick there's, from. There's not an old veteran in the field. You know, there's Larson's the 31 and him, he's the oldest. It's the youngest, yeah. uh, youngest average age for a playoff final four we've had so far so in 10 wild. years you know that's that's what we've got absolutely wild so let's see what the young guys are made of i mean so you got to go out there and win at a racetrack that's consistently been about track position and how you're how you execute so let's see what happens that pit road's <laughs> the only thing making me nervous right now and i'm not even we're not even to the race yet yeah, i mean pit road is gonna make uh, that makes or breaks this whole race for everybody. You know what I mean? I mean, like we, I said, that's what I was saying earlier. It's just a short race, one little hiccup on pit road, and your career, or not career, but your championship hopes are done. Yeah. I mean, it just happened to Martin Truex at Martinsville. 0. 0.2 miles an hour, whatever it was. Yep. I mean, tiny little margin of error. He might, he might have advanced through, but could he have been still eliminated? Definitely a good shot. But – he could have made it through had he not gone 0.2 miles an hour too fast on one tiny little section of pit road. Yeah. So that's what, that's what I'm saying. So 0.2 miles an hour can, can ruin your whole season. So yeah. After 30 something races and making it all the way through the challenge, that is the playoffs. You're going to get there. You got to execute. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. And that's it. That's the thing that's probably going to keep me up at night until Monday morning. Uh, just, we've talked this whole podcast, uh, for 50 minutes about 
Phoenix. Um, one thing I want to point out about Martinsville, I want to give props to. <laughs> they're saying I don't know if it's if whoever the guy is that convinced them to run that uh, different tire this weekend at Martinsville. Yeah, it didn't fix everything, but man, it made it not suck absolute ass, and that yeah. was that was good. And I see you got on here eighty percent on Jeff Gluck's poll. Yes, I mean. Literally, the last one was thirty-seven percent. Yes, which is the, the lowest, lowest of, of all the, the season. Yeah. It was the worst race all season, according to the fans. So to get that's a drastic change, and the only thing that changed was those tires. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, that. Props to that. I they talked about it a little bit on the broadcast. I don't know. I can't go into exactly all the changes it made because I don't really know. They're talking about how the actual tread on the tire was thicker and softer and made it like grippier, you know, and it, it huh. felt it got uh, tore apart better and stuff. And I mean, that's what we've been wanting. And if, if it for a softer tire, if that's what it takes is to get, you know, more tread, then that's what we need. Um, that's actually what happened to the pace car. There was so much rubber on the track, the tires picked it up on the pace car, and it ripped the wiring harness out from under the car because there was so much <laughs> rubber on the – I saw pictures of it on, on Twitter. That's That was cool. I mean, that's that's crazy that there was that much rubber laying down, and when that, there's that much hot, greasy rubber on the track, that's going to make for good racing. So, And it did. Yeah, props to um, – Whoever's decision that was to get that right, that was that was cool. That helped out. Yeah. It wasn't the best Martinsville race ever, no. But was it a good Martinsville race? Yes. It 100% was a good race. Absolutely. Like you said, props to Goodyear for finally giving us something that we can enjoy, which is a soft tire that did degrade, that caused a difference in lap time if you took tires or if you didn't. It laid down rubber on the track. It got people loose or tight when they hit it. There was buildup of rubber in the middle of it. I mean, it just had everything that you needed a tire to do at Martinsville. It did a lot of it. Yeah. I'm not going to say it's still perfect, but at least we can finally start listening to what, especially Denny Hamlin's been telling us, Goodyear problems constantly. We got to fix those. Yeah. And here we go. We made a huge swing at it, and we got a, we got a solid in, in, in the part double on that i'm here for it yeah as well was i uh let's talk about probably the biggest uh route up thing of the weekend uh, uh let's introduce this first so hack of the week yes okay. the award no one wants but you gotta uh, earn the hard way over a season long battle I with just, your teammate i don't what an idiot I'm so confused, and I don't know what the hell is going on at RCR and what kind of turmoil is going on between Austin Hill and RC and Sheldon Creed and Andy Petrie. I have no idea what goes on behind closed doors, but it all came out this weekend at the racetrack. It did, and in I've such never a seen, big way. I've never, I've never seen like a team implode on itself and start calling people the stupidest people they've ever had work for the company and having Andy Petrie, who's like the president or, uh, whoever he, whatever he does, vice president come in and, and say whatever he said to Creed. And then Creed goes, rates his driver in front of God. And and God for, yeah. And Creed goes, well, he hit me. You wouldn't say shit, you know? So I don't know who the hack, I don't know who the award specifically goes to because there's a lot of hack action going on. It, all around, like just the way it was I, handled. I'm gonna say it goes to Sheldon Creed because he started. Reason, it? reason being, not just for the on-track incident, but imagine being a race car driver, racing for your team all year, making it all the way to the second last race in the playoffs, and getting eliminated by only a couple points, and the entire team gangs up on you including the owner of the team himself richard childress comes out and is quoted as saying he is one of the stupidest drivers i've ever had (laughs) run for me you do not that does not happen because of one incident on the track that is a season full of stupidity they've gotten into it multiple times 
Austin Hill and Sheldon Creed have had at least one actual wreck. I can't remember where it happened, but it was a few weeks back. They've had at least one actual wreck between the two of them. And they wrecked each other. Uh, Creed wrecked Hill at uh, Bristol, too. There it is. That was, that was the one. There's been just multiple incidents where something has gone on. And your teammate gets signed to a multi-year agreement to stay at the team in the same car. And you get booted out, called the stupidest driver I've ever had work for you. Can't wait for you to, your teammates saying, I can't wait till you're not working here anymore. Andy Petrie's down there screaming at you. That tells me enough right there. Every single person has someone they're pointing a finger at, but it's not a Mexican standoff. It's a firing squad. Everyone's pointing at Sheldon Creed. Yeah, Sheldon Creed is my hack of the week because he tucks his ears into his hat. That's a that's a great reason. That he probably tucks his jeans into his boots too. He probably wears short pants. <laughs> yeah. He probably wears short pants. Um, Sheldon Creed. I, me and Caleb have been on this like fuck Sheldon Creed train, train for a while. Honestly, all the way back to his truck days when he when told he, Marcus Lemonis that he wasn't worth he was he worth, was worth more, than more than ten thousand. Yeah, ten thousand. Whatever. I'm it was. worth more than ten thousand dollars. It's like, yeah, that may be true, but you're also running unsponsored, and you don't even get that ten thousand dollars. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, I get you. You got to stand up for yourself and be prideful, but like, don't be so prideful that you throw away all money altogether. Yeah. So that we kind of since then uh, have been on that train. I mean, he's just it, it's interesting dude i know his granddad's loaded like he doesn't need sponsorship from what i've heard you know so um also another reason that sheldon creed can be a hack of the week is someone has uh so he's he's raced for childers for two years this is his second year and has a i mean he's came so close to winning some of these races over the years and someone had like this he had this is what it is counter that that he says that in his interviews. Like he gets out of the car and he stands the same way, he props up on the side of his car and says it is what it is. And I, I don't think uh I don't think team owners really like to hear that either. Like you don't no. you're not winning. Uh you're not doing anything about not winning. And then you get out of the car and you act like you don't give a fuck and you say it is what it is. So I feel like that probably rubbed RC or whoever wrong too, just over the past few years, you know? Yep. I bet it did because how many, how many major heroes of the sport has Richard Childress helped along their path? Uh, Kevin Harvick and Dell Earnhardt of them and multiple others that have had huge names in the sport. And we're looking at Sheldon Creed. You just don't fit that mold, brother. I don't know what to tell you, man. (laughs) You're just, you're not that guy. and You are not you're that not, guy, pal. You are not, not that guy. You aren't, and you're just not going to get there acting like that. That's not championship level. That's not getting out of the car with a winning attitude. That is getting out of the car with a, well, we're here to have fun, aren't we? Yeah, and that's, that's I'm the vibe sorry, I get from him. As soon as you're at a, as soon as you're at a little <laughs> league, you're not here to have fun anymore. You're either here to win or go home. Yeah. And... He's obviously chosen his path of let's go home because, man, I just I can't imagine an entire organization on national television coming at me and telling me how dumb, stupid, and <laughs> terrible I am at my job. Oh yeah, it was awesome. I mean, it was awesome, and it was. I mean, it was just. We, I, I couldn't. I couldn't believe it was all going down. I, mean, I was texting you and my dad at the same time. We we're all talking about it. I was like. I've just never seen anything like that. I mean, I don't know. It was just the craziest thing. Yeah. But it so, is what it is. It is. So good. I mean, best of luck to you. If you can come out and figure it out at a different team. He's going to JGR. That's what Austin Hill said in his interview. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you can go to JGR and get some wins, then good for you, man. Like, go out there and do it. Prove us all wrong. I mean, I love I love being proven wrong. Because at least you're doing something then. But if you're going to come out here... And just tell everybody how it wasn't your fault and this and that. I'm just looking at the whole situation. I mean, the on-track racing, was it really that crazy egregious? Did he completely wreck his teammate? No. But, I mean, to to do everything that you depends did and still not ask. make it through. Well, I mean, it's always going to depend who you ask. But Yeah, I mean, but looking at it, thing. I don't he see anything. Bo- like, he fucked them both out of making it, which maybe he did yeah. it on purpose. Maybe he's like, fuck Richard Childers. I don't know, you know? I, I don't know. I don't. 
I think the he's SMT got enough data, in his career. The SMT data in the center of the corner, after he'd already doored the 21, he goes into the corner on the outside, and he brake checks the fuck out of the 21. That's why the, that's when he hit him and wrecked, and everybody spun on the very last corner, and the 7 got up underneath him. The 7 had a broken wheel. Won that race yeah. with a broke wheel. The wheel was sitting like this right here. Mm-hmm. If it was more than a two-lap shootout, he wasn't winning that yeah, race. Yeah, it, was, sure. it, was, it wasn't. It wasn't. I mean, I don't think it was longer than that corner he would have won. I don't know if he could have went down in, the, in turns one and two after the flag and actually made a racing corner in that. Yeah. Um, just crazy. What a, I mean, awesome finish. I loved the <laughs> yeah. finish. It was it was amazing. There's everything you want to say. I think I said it exactly this this way to you. I'm so glad that Sheldon Creed did what he did. Because it made it so much fun to watch. Yeah. But I hate that he did what he did because he completely ruined his own race and his teammates' race and made a laughing stock of his entire team. Like, yeah. it just, it sucks, dude. Like, if he, he would have looked like a hero if he was 10 feet out in front of that seven car, but he was 10 feet behind him. So you look like a zero. So you had, he, t- he put himself in the moment and he tried to do everything he could with it and, He's coming out of there with Drop a lot the of memes being made. <laughs> Lots of memes. My favorite one though is the uh, somebody had the Flintstones car and they I put a two, like they I put the that. two superimposed on it and said the race car Richard Childers gives Sheldon Creed next Phoenix. week in yeah, Phoenix. I saw that. That was pretty good. So. Which is true. Maybe we're talking too much shit. He's going to come out here and win a championship with Joe Gibbs racing next year, but I think that's a little bit of a far fetched stretch yeah. idea. <laughs> But yeah, so all that to say, I know we talked about Phoenix the whole time, but we are looking forward to Phoenix. Obviously, me and Caleb having both of our both of our dudes in it. Either, either we'll, one of us will be had sad, one of us will be happy, or we'll both be sad next week. So yep. And it's uh, I'm just glad to finally have a to have, finally have a year where I don't have to just cheer for your driver because I have no one else to go for. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. I mean, we're going to be talking shit to each other all day. So it's going to be great. I don't even know what our plan is yet for watching the race. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know what's going I don't on either. It's it's tough with the with the whole house fire situation. I'm disappointed I don't get to host this year. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll figure something out. We'll have to let everybody know. Um, betting wise on Martinsville, though, uh, I know you won one bet. Yeah. Uh, what'd you say it was? Briscoe top ten. Well, there you go. I mean, That's SHR I came out after all the shit we talked about. SHR. This was the one bet you won was an SHR bet. And not that I'm saying I'm new that or anything, but I did have bets on Priest and uh, Briscoe. So I looked at the finishing order and saw that Briscoe, saw that SHR did really well uh, at Martinsville earlier this year. And I was like, you know, I could see this being all right. And uh, for like yeah. for a minute there, all four of them were in the top 10. So that was, that was pretty cool as well. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, I ended up getting, so I, I knew Blaney was going to do well there. I did not expect to win, so I'm I'm all for it. But I had Blaney picked as a top five because he has a lot of success at Martinsville, so I'm glad that one ended up hitting. Um, and then I had one – I'd usually only do a two-pick parlay, but this this week I went ahead and put a three-picker in there. And I had Blaney beating Logano, Busher beating Elliott, and Amarola beating Briscoe. And all of that added up to like a, I think it was like a plus 600 bet and ended up nailing that. So that was a, that was a good win for me. I ended up doubling my money between NFL, college football and racing. I doubled what I started the weekend with. So I'm, I am all here for it. I had a great weekend betting wise. Hell yeah. And next weekend, you know, I'm, you know, I am betting 100% on Blaney. Blaney, yeah. And you're betting 100% on Kyle Larson, and if That's you're picking pretty much winners, all I'm doing. pick one of the four. Don't try to don't try to think this is going to be the year that's going to change. Pick one of the four. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Uh, I'll see what I want to do NFL wise, but for for uh, Cup, I'm just doing Larson. That's all. That's it. Hell yeah, might as well having fun with it. Hell yeah, well. My name is uh, Dawson Edwards. You can find me on Dawson Edwards Music across all platforms. And I am Caleb Conready. Come find me at Caleb Con Rowdy everywhere. Follow Raised Rowdy, Raised Rowdy Racing, 
And uh, thank you to Matt Burrell and Nikki T. We got one more podcast after a race coming up, and then we're going to figure out what else we're doing with it after the offseason comes, but we will let you all know when we find out. I got a feeling we're going to have some guests on over the offseason. That'll be cool to talk to I'm some people. I'm here for it. Uh, That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. I got a, well, I got a, yeah. I got a big one I'm going to tell you about when we get off here, and I'll see what hell you think yeah. about it. Nice. All right, y'all. Well, we enjoyed it. Another good one. Let's go on to Phoenix. Let's have a good race. Come on. See y'all.